All right, recording this November 17th. Uh, me and Nolan back on the pod, 619, first ever video one. Man, we'll, we'll see if it makes the cut. I, I don't know yet, but yeah, we'll see. Still testing. <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, last time me and Nolan were back on the pod for episode one, uh, the Knicks ended up being two and one, beating the Bucks. Uh, you know, the team really showed out against that. Uh, you know, shorthanded Bucks as well. I think Giannis is really carrying a load right now in the league. Um, but uh, yeah, the Knicks bounced back, dropped one against the Hornets, came back against the Pacers, really showed grit. Uh, the second half, you know, we've been having third quarter woes. We continue to have, to, to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, some things like we should talk about uh, quickly. You know, quickly is back. It seems like quickly. Hey. Has, yeah, <laughs> man. It seems like quickly regained his confidence. He never left. He had a bad stretch, man. I said the last part, it was just a slump. Like, his true shooting percentage and his three-point percentage last year were so ridiculous on the volume he was putting up that you knew there was no way like he was going to shoot a whole season of shooting 20%, that he would at least get to league average, and if not, more than likely higher. 12 games was such a small sample size for people to get like so worked up about that it's just – it drove me crazy. I'll be honest, Knicks fans have been driving me crazy lately. I think I think I'm part of that a little bit, man. Like, I, you know, it's 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 kind of hard to not get emotional and not burn everything oh, for to sure. the ground. I, 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 but we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. But um, yeah, quickly has definitely found his confidence shooting. I think he's one of the big reasons why we're in a lot of these games. You know, the starters. Oh, he definitely uh, brought us back last game. You know, two that's threes in a row. I think no one hit a three until he hit those two. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, and the start is coming out lackluster out of the third quarter. I'm not understanding what's going on at halftime. I don't know. I, I don't, This coaching staff is too good for us to come out as flat as we are uh, during uh, halftime. And I feel like uh, the bench unit uh, quickly, uh, Burks, you know, Burks at fourth quarter, Burks has reemerged. Burks game. Yeah, man. I'd love and, to see it. You know, it's good to see our wings come off the bench and give us that spark plug. Uh, you know, I'm going to toss this question to you. Uh, what do you think is the biggest issue coming out of halftime? Why are we so lackluster? Uh, it's confusing. Um, to be honest with you, I don't have a great answer for that. Yeah. But the best guess that I can put together like, using reasonable logic is this new backcourt we have is a defensive liability. And I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I've defended Kemba and stuff like staunchly on Twitter, but that is definitely a problem. And I think when teams play a full half against those two and they come back out and realize that they can basically get buckets on them whenever they want, that's when they really start attacking them. And that's when they really start to figure out, oh, okay, if they can't stop us, then we're going to keep running the same shit at you again and again and again. You see that game after game. But I think that's also something that, like, fans are overreacting to because Tibbs is coach of the year. He's a defensive guru. Like, think about it. I mean, right now the Knicks are what, like, six and eight or eight and six, I mean, six in the East number two in the division. And it's still and early, right? So <laughs> It's early. And, like, if there's one area of this team that I think Tibbs can improve on, it's defense, especially when, when, if Mitch and Noel ever get healthy. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, I, that's another conversation. Um, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, we'll Mitch, talk about it. Uh, you know, Mitch 
he left the game. I remember I texted you immediately. Like, what is going on, man? Like, I'm yeah. losing my mind. Like, I, and, I said, me, yeah. and I said it last pod, man. Can I get a healthy center that's not 35 years old? And Todd Gibson is doing amazing. But you could see. You saw after, he was wearing down last exactly, game. Exactly. He can't One, play that many minutes. Exactly. Once he started hitting that 20 point, like 20 minute mark, he starts to decrease in his production. Mm-hmm. And he's still in the right spots a lot. But I think one silver lining out of that is that we've seen a lot more Obi Randall lineups, yes, yes, which yes. fans have loved to see and have been clamoring to see. Um, like I said last pod, I don't know if you can do that for long stretches, especially against teams like Philadelphia that are bigger teams and like Randall can't sit down there and bang with fucking big guys all night and then be expected to carry the load on offense too, which is asking too much of one guy. Exactly. But I mean I think that the development you've seen from Obi, I think he leads the team in player efficiency rating. Like there were Knicks fans literally saying start Obi over Randall on Twitter this week. And like I love Obi. I really do. But he's playing like 12 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game. Like I get it. It's good. It's mostly against backups. It's just like pump the brakes, be excited for the kid, be happy, show him growth. But it's not replace him with the first all-star to assign here since Carmelo Anthony. And I, yeah, yeah, I think you said it correctly. Um, You know, Obi's development has really showed, you know, there's times where he's keeping us in his game, his energy, um, him being able to run, run the floor, run the fast break. It, it, it's, it's great to see, but, you know, one thing that, that stood out to me during the Hornets game, you know, the bench uh, brought us back in that game, I believe, uh, Midway fourth quarter, Obi, you know, remember that dunk they had back and forth, yeah. and, and that brought us back in the game. And uh, excitement level, man. Yeah, and then you know, Tibbs. I don't know if you blame Tibbs for this, or I don't know, because you know, Randall's our guy. We're gonna die, and we're gonna live and die by Randall. And he subs in uh Randall for Obi, and you see the energy just drop. Like Randall straight didn't have it during that Hornets game, and. Yeah. People are going to I know I was talking to uh, one of my Knicks friends and he was saying, man, it's like it is what it is uh, with the Obi situation. You know, Obi, he's going to have a minimized role just because in the league, I don't think he could play the five full time yet. That's not a thing that Tiz wants to explore. No, Uh, no. you saw you saw Brogdon. I text you about that take Brogdon had on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shout out to Brogdon. I looked up his numbers this year. Like he's he's putting up monster. He's a great player. And he's very physical. And you saw that and the strength being able to outpower Obi when he had the position on him going to the rep. Yeah, he, speaking of Brogdon, he's really developed his playmaking. He's averaging like six, seven assists. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a monster, bro. He's a way, he's developing to way better of a player than I ever thought he would be. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens with Obi. Um, you know, the most we could ask for as Knicks fans in this present moment is just you know, he keeps on adding energy, he keeps on adding three point shooting and value off the bench, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially with all these big injuries, you know, like Noel and Mitch. Definitely. You need need bodies. I don't trust, uh, what's his name, Jericho Sims or whatever to come in and just like. (laughs) I think Tibbs is not. I think Tibbs seen enough from her training camp. I don't think he'll play. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather see that than see him pulled up. 
For sure, for sure. Um, you know, another big storyline uh is the bench unit playing way better than the starters. I asked you, uh, you know, I wonder how practice looks like. I mean, I you know yeah, practice is a, a fair war. question. Yeah, yeah. And I mean the bench unit has came in, I think we'd be subpar 500 in my opinion, if the bench has not played the way they have played. I mean, lights out. I mean, Derek Rose, shout out to Derek Rose. He looks like he's putting together another six, six man of the year campaign. And every time he shoots that three ball, it feels like it's going in. He has so much confidence. Oh, it's so much confidence. I love it. Some some of them I'm like, damn, you put that up that early in the shot clock. Yeah. And like, but I'm like, you know what? You looked so confident in doing it that I'm okay with it. Like it's like before it's like when Obi or Randall used to shoot threes or even Rose, I would just kind of cringe and just like hope for the best. And now it's like I expect it to go in. And that's such like that's such an improvement. No, no, no. He's he's become a, a real threat from out there, really opening up things for um our bench unit. It's been great. Uh shout out to Taj again for the energy off the bench. You know, he's another reason why, you know, we're 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 be, you know, we're we're so good right now. Um you know, another thing that that has you know intrigued the Knicks community is the Kemba hate. You know, and you're, you're you've been big on this. You know, you've been a real Kemba advocate, which you know I, I've mm-hmm. supported that uh, you know as well. And Kemba defensively has been you know uh, let's keep it real has been awful. Awful. Yeah, I'm not yes. afraid to admit that. Yes. <laughs> He's been awful. And there's been times you know he doesn't play the whole fourth quarter. There's been times huh. you know it, it's it's very evident that like, teams are just going to straight attack him on defense. Um I, I we told we told guys last pod that we don't see Kemba really really being that guy that we expect him to be on the perimeter and just mm-hmm. passable on defense to like post all-star break like come on that you really mm-hmm. expect him to 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 be Charlotte Kemba right now like no we I I I think we'll get those spurts in the second you get half. games you get yeah. those games where he goes off and like some games where he'll win you games on his offense alone but like I mean the Kemba hate has just been so ridiculous. Like people saying they'd rather have Elf back. Like, like Elf wasn't even, like Elf was the most overrated defender. And people want to say Kemba takes stupid shots. Do you remember at the end of the season where Elf like pretty much knew his time here was done? He was playing five minutes to start each half in the playoffs, and he just had tunnel vision and would throw up whatever the fuck shot he could at the rim. He would just, just bully to his try way to pad his stats, yeah. and it would get, go fucking nowhere. Yeah. And like. People in 12 games are ready to call the Kemba Walker experiment like a failure of epic proportions and and want the Suns, what, third string point guard to come he's back? He's not playing. He's not playing. Exactly. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're 100% right. And, uh, you know, I think – as Knicks fans, you know, we have a tendency to, to burn everything to the ground after losses. I mean, t- Twitter is a war zone in, in our community oh, after me. losses. Yeah. Trust me. And, I mean, like, as, as I'm incredibly spoiled on one hand with the Steelers and the Penguins and the Pirates just are a joke. But um, even the three seasons that the Pirates made the playoffs in my lifetime, like, yeah, I was like a little bit critical of them. I was like, you know what? This is like our three-year window to actually do something. This is the time nutting the owner has to actually like fork up some money and spend. And he did. He made like fringe moves on like older players like David Freeze. And that bugged me. But like 
I was still so ecstatic that my team was in the fucking playoffs again that, like, nothing else mattered. So, like, to see Knicks fans who they've been better than the Pirates in in our lifetimes. Barely, barely, (laughs) barely. I mean, they were in a championship in, what, 99? Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Pirates hadn't had a winning season until I was 20. <laughs> 29. So yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean, I'm just saying they made the playoffs three years out of 29. It's it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's um, a bad ratio. Um, so but you also see it that same type of hate you see in Knicks fans, you see it in Steeler Nation all the time. You see, oh, Ben's washed up. Ben should be gone. It's all the offensive coordinator's fault. Tomlin should be gone. Why is he still the head coach? No one knows what they're doing. We should start Mason Rudolph over Ben. Like, how did that work out last week against the winless Detroit Lions? Yeah. yeah. We don't even throw fucking Haskins out there and, like, see what we got in the kid. We just throw out mediocre Mason, who's been the same exact player since the day we drafted him. Not to go off on, <laughs> not, not to go off on a no, fucking going off. tangent. <laughs> But um, nah, basically, nah, what I want to say about that is like people that say they want Elf back, like, what the fuck are you smoking? And can you please pass me that shit? Because it has to be some of the loudest fucking shit out there because it's it's crazy. It's nonsense. No, no, I 100% agree. I think this is the this is I mean, the point guard situation, it is what it is. And, you know, I believe it's only going to get better as the year progresses. Like, yeah, sure. I don't, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And, you know, and we play Orlando and I think our defense will we'll see because, you know, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton and Jalen Snugs, they, they're going to put pressure on us. So and then we got Houston next game. It's about winnable game. There's no reason we can't be 10 and six heading into rematch against Chicago on Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So the Knicks should be using these games to gear up against a hot Chicago team. We talk about them uh, last pod and. You know, yeah. it seems like they just got better. They just whipped the, the Lakers uh, mm. uh, two nights ago. Lakers got the issues of their own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, was- just, just to quickly address what you said earlier about um, the bench being better than the starters, I do I do agree with that because, I mean, the plus minus, like everything shows that. But I think you have to be cognizant of the fact that they're playing bench players more often as well. True. true. And, and like, especially for players like Obi, who are still adapting to like the physicality of the league. Like we said about that Brogdon play, like that's not going to get any better when he's playing against starters. Like does Mitch need to add more dribbling in post moves to the paint to reach a ceiling? Yeah. Does RJ need to add more dribbling and like get to the line more? Yeah. Is Forney streaky shooter? Hell yeah. Yeah. But shooting career lows, like I said earlier, I think he's going to bounce back. He's not a great defender, neither is Kemba. But like I said, Tibbs is going to just put some respect on his name. He just won coach a year. And Randall just adjusting to a whole new role. So, I mean. Yeah, for sure. I think I think Knicks fans forget how long the season is. I remember last year, you know, we we striked off. Uh, you know, we 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 won like seven, eight games in a row. And then, uh, you know, we're, we look like we're fourth in the East, third in the yeah. East. Yeah. It's a long, long season. So just relax, guys. Relax, relax. Not to mention we were a three-way tiebreaker away from being the sixth seed last year. So, like, we're ex- almost exactly where we were to end the year, later, year last year. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, let, let's switch up some topics. And uh, I think let's talk about our rivals, the Hawks. You know, the Hawks, 
you know, it's, it feels like we're having a, a up and down season, but the Hawks are just playing terrible basketball. Um, you know, Trey Young. Love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. You know, I, I Trey Young. You know, he's putting up his numbers, but um, you know, t- taking a look in the Hawks community, uh, you know, they're complaining about Capella. It seems like Capella is uh, the scapegoat. Uh, Capella doesn't seem like to be playing the same defense he was playing in the playoffs. Um, Bogey, uh, Cam, and Herder had taken a leap, step down defensively. It seems mm-hmm. like. You know, Nick McMillian is having a hard time uh, recapitalizing on that momentum from last year into this season. Um, I think me and you, we both have some type of respect, you know, for their team. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, on what they could do. But uh, what, what is your thoughts uh, on their slow start? And do you feel like this is going to be a consistent thing or eventually it, it will even itself out? And, you know, we're going to be battling with them, you know, for a top three, top four, top five seed. I mean, right now, the Hawks are in 11 places in the East, 6-9, and nine, which, you know, is not exactly what you would expect from a team who made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and only made marginal moves around the, on the, around the edges. Like, you expect more continuity from a team like that, just like you kind of expected continuity from our bench unit. That's why you see teams like, I think, the Lakers, like, struggling to kind of adjust to their new roles. Like, you know, just when you add in a bunch of players, it's going to lead to less continuity, and they haven't really made any changes. So that's what makes it so surprising. It's just like you said, the Capella that has shown up this year is the Capella that I clowned them for <laughs> signing to that contract yeah. or trading for that contract. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen a ton from John Collins this year, but I have admittedly haven't watched a lot of the Hawks games this year because I do enjoy seeing Trey struggling with getting frustrated with not getting foul calls like we talked about last week with Harden, but he still gets some. Well, he's, he's always going to. But, I mean, I don't know. I expect I would, I, I'm, ex, I'm expecting them to turn it around. And I think one thing worth noting is at least in my experience on Twitter, Hawks fans aren't having like a full blown meltdown. Yeah, yeah, like, no, they're not. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They, they understand it's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and that they're gonna figure things out just like they got hot last year. Like, this you remember how bad they started off last year? They fired their coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, no. I joined some of their like Twitter spaces. I follow. Mm-hmm. Nick, I follow but, some a lot of their stuff. Yeah. 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 So I like I hop in their spaces just to see what the community of other teams are talking about. You know that what they think very, about their own squad. Exactly. It's like insightful. Exactly. And and you know one thing that you know half I feel like it's it's probably seventy twenty five, it's seventy five twenty five on how some of these guys they want to fire Nate McMillan. Like they want to run them out of town. Like they already, already. I've heard arguments. I've heard. It's like, did you see what this dude did to your squad last year? Exactly, exactly. And I think is it hit? Is now now it's him holding Trey back? Like, <laughs> how many coaches are you gonna blame? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think, you know, I think you know Lou Williams. He's just been. I don't. I think he's done. He's old. Yeah, like he's even said he's going to retire after this year. He's looking at. He said he was going to retire whenever he got traded to Atlanta in the first place. Yeah. The only reason he stayed is because it's his hometown. And it's his contract. He's still, you know, he's not going to pass off that paper. Of course right? not. Who would? Especially yeah. a guy like Lou Williams. You think he's like a financial guru? Like, no offense to the guy, but I don't think he's like 
you know, the most wise investor with his money. I'm sure yeah. he could probably use all the millions <laughs> he can use. A hundred percent agree with that sentiment. Uh, and, and I think Atlanta fans, I don't know what's wrong with them and, you know, their love for Cam Reddish. I, I, I love Cam Reddish, you know. He, I like him. Yeah, yeah, no, I love Cam as, Reddish. As an NBA know? player, I like him, you know. I, lo- I, I love Cam Reddish, you know. I, I can't lie on that sentiment, but, you know, the Hawk fans, they have huge expectations for this guy, almost like a Michael Porter Jr. type of jump, you know. Like, because and- they think that he's in the same way he was recruited out of high school, right there with RJ Zion and uh Barrett yeah and that's what they think and they're never going to get that out of their head until he's probably on another team and and, and you got because Herder's taking his role right now yes DeAndre Hunter's taking his role right now that's another guy that's another guy who who do you take out to play this kid and that's why there was chatter the Knicks trading for him at the deadline because he it's not that he's a bad player it's just the Hawks have two better players in front of him at least at this stage in their careers and that's not saying that he won't develop because I think he can he has all the physical tools and gifts in the world but it just he hasn't even had the opportunity to show it yet and and you got to remember um when when the Hawks last year they went on that insane run and they end up tying us for that fourth seed Cam Reddish was not healthy at all during that run mm-hmm. and he came back during the Bucks uh series. So so and Nate McMillan is trying to juggle all these wings and all their minutes and it's and too much. It's too much and then they signed John yes. and then they signed John Collins. I've watched a few uh Atlanta games and John Collins it's like he's not worth that pay. he's not worth that money. Exactly. That's all I ever said. Yeah. You know, it's not that I it's not that I'm not a fan of John Collins or I got anything against John Collins. He's just he wanted a max contract and he didn't get a max contract, but he got damn close. I think he's making more than Randall. <laughs> I think, is he? No way. That's pretty no close. Way. I don't know. And I uh, hope not. I hope not. Cause bro. Randall deserve it, but yeah. Yeah. But you know, and, and, you know, John Collins, I think they were expecting him to take another leap. I think they saw what he did in the playoffs and thought, you know, he could replicate that in the in, in the future. And it just hasn't, um, you know. Yeah. Again, still early. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Still early for that team. And and I think they would bounce back um, and, and probably – I don't think they were playing team. I, I think they'll, they'll end up shaping up. I uh, think so, for sure. too. For sure. But for reference, I believe – Julius Randle's deal is four years, 117 million, where Collins is five years, 125 million. So more years, but year to year average, it's about as close as you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for value wise, that's a bad contract. That's a yeah. bad contract. And um, I, I, and you know, I was debating before the season even started, actually. Uh, I was in there in the Hawk spaces. I heard some bullshit talking about like they could package um, they could package like John Collins and Cam Reddish and, and maybe a few like a like maybe a first round pick and, and to get Carl Anthony Towns. I'm like, what? Like, like I mean, it made no sense for a roster. It, it doesn't, it and it, it's not even that, it's just and so those guys aren't worth cap. Exactly. And then that was my argument. And then they came and you'll back. Have, your team will get better with cat, meaning your draft picks will mean less. It's just. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, every fan had like people wanted, their players. Pe- people wanted a first rounder for Billy Hernan Gomez. And we're upset. We only got two second rounders for him. Like, yeah. I mean, every fan base has those people, but. 
Shout sure. out to them too because they ride with us. For sure, for sure. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure we'll keep tabs on the Hawks situation, and we'll, we'll see how they. Yeah, we'll see how they adjust. Um, you know, another team we got to talk about is the flaming hot Washington Wizards. Man, the Wizards are ten and four. I mean, who would have thought, right? I mean, the trade with Westbrook, bringing back some of those L.A. guys. I mean, they brought Kuzma, has been playing well uh, defensively. Holiday, they got in there. Yeah. I mean, Dinwiddie, they brought in because of the yeah. cap space. That's a pretty good haul for Westbrook at this point in his career. And it feels like one of the most underrated, under-talked-about moves this offseason. Definitely. And like I said, and the guy tweeted before this, like I, I honestly legitimately have thought for months now that they are going to have a better record than the Bulls. And I might be dead wrong on that. I'm, but as of right now, I'm, I'm up on that okay, and I'm okay. going to fuck it. And I'm going to hold on to that for as long as I can, because I know it's probably <laughs> not going to last, but I really, I'm beyond impressed with what the Wizards have been able to do to start the season. Again, small sample size, their team that really, fits well together they're better than um like the sum total of their parts like you know when you have so many options like a kuzma like a dinwiddie like a holiday like you got two starters and three rotation players and cap flexibility for one guy and russell westbrook like you can't tell me it's not a good move it's kind of similar what the knicks did in acquiring KP. all these movable contracts even and similar to the kp one yeah but I mean, it's just like, what else were you going to do? Like if Westbrook wanted out, if he didn't want out, I think he still made the best move because as much as I love Westbrook and Beal, I don't think that roster had enough juice to get you nowhere. No, no, I, I 100% agree. And, you know, those guys from the Lakers, you remember, they won a championship in the bubble. You know, Kuzma, yeah. KCP. Defensively, experience. Exactly. Defensively, they understand what it takes. Um, You know, Especially the Yeah. Um, uh, Montrez Harold, you know, um, he's can he looks like he's shaping back into form, looking like the yeah. six and version. You know, I can't I think- remember which lineup he was in, but he was in it was like a really small lineup where he was at the center and they were just like running up and down the floor. And I just saw him like cramming at the rim like he used to. And I was like, okay, maybe this dude's back this year. Maybe he just needed to change the scenery, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he needed to get out of Los Angeles, you know? And and and, and the Spencer Dinwiddie thing, you know, Spencer has been killing it offensively. Still smooth, still got the ter- still got the scary Terry package. Um, I think he's you know? better than scary Terry. We'll yeah, talk no. about him. <laughs> but, you know, I think, uh, I think, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, that contract is it's looks like he's worth the money. Easy. Uh he looks looks it's like he can stay healthy, knock on wood. Exactly. I think he looks like the perfect fit alongside Bradley Bill. You know, he mm-hmm. can shoot the ball, he could uh pass it, he could be the lead ball handler, he could play. They can, off bo- the yeah, ball. They can both they can both handle the ball and they can both play off the ball, and that's perfect. And Bill hasn't really exploded like we, you know, we expect him offensively. He's only averaging 23 points, I believe. Because he's not, he doesn't need to do as much as he did last year. That's a big part of it. And that's why you see his defensive effort be able to increase. And that's why you see like so much improvement on this team is because that it's not asking the only few players with talent to go out and do everything. And then the rest of the guys to come in and just not fuck up games. Like that's putting a lot of pressure on your bench and they weren't a deep team last year. And I think that trade made them really a deep team. And I think that they'll not only be a bubble team, I think they will be a playoff team. 
No, no, no. I agree. I think they're definitely in bubble contention. Um, mm. the depth they have, you know, they got they still have Gatford, you know, defensively. I mean, right now on the right, they're on they're first in the east. Like, if you don't fuck this up, you can have home court advantage in a playoff series. I know it's early, but you're setting yourself up in that position right now. You know, I, I like what they have going on, but I don't I don't see them, you know, keeping up this 10 and 4 pace. I just don't. Uh, I don't think and I, I know they play together, they play well, but I don't I, I just I don't see it. I really don't. With, especially no, with the competition used... in the East. You know, mm-hmm. then we have the Bulls, we still have the Hawks, but we believe, you know, they're gonna find a way to fight themselves way up. Oh, the East is the top of the top half of the East, like six and one through six is so tough to judge right now. I mean, Brooklyn's weird because you don't know what they are. Philly's weird because you don't know the Simmons situation. We just finished battling the Pacers, so we know what the Pacers got. Yeah, yeah, I told you they're going to be a better team playing better defense under the best coach they've had since probably Nate McMillan, and he's probably a better coach than Nate McMillan, honestly. Probably. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I think think they're headed in the right direction. I really like what they did this offseason. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I guess, yeah, let, let's switch things up and uh, let's go out west. You know, two teams that have been struggling, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the Pelicans. Let's talk about the Pelicans, you know, uh, Willie Green. Done. Willie Green, you, th- you think you think he's done? No, not Willie Green, just the Pelicans. Oh, season. Right, it's yeah. Done. yeah, it's done. It's done. And, you know, Zion hasn't even stepped foot on the court yet. It seems like he's going to be out till probably. They said that also- he's cleared for contact practices. But, like, at this point, they have the second worst record in the league. And in the Western Conference, they're seven and a half games out of sixth seed and four and a half games out of the tenth seed. So you're 14th in the West. That's a lot to make up with or without Zion. And like, that's a lot of good teams that you have to pass in order to move up those spots. Exactly. Like, like I, you were higher on the Deontay Graham move than I was. I still liked it, but that move has not worked out as of yet. You know, it isn't working out with their system. Sure. Ingram's missed some games and like, but like, I think the real question for Pelicans fans is, how long are you going to let fucking, what's his name? David, David Griffin. Griffin call the shots for that franchise. Like, that seat has to be hot, right? Like, does Zion even want him there? Does Zion even want to be there if he's going to be there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I was going to ask you, you know, where do they even go from here? And, you know, I think me and you both agree this season is a wash from them. Um, You know, Ingram. It's another lottery season. Exactly. You know, Ingram, you know, he's out there by himself, you know, playing defense by himself, trying to facilitate facilitate by himself. You know, that roster is just built. You know, we complained all offseason. You know, I think, you know, listeners know how we feel about that roster. And they just keep making retarded moves. And how long, like, is Zion going to be the first person to not sign his rookie extension? It's trending that way. It's trending that way. And And if not, I could see a situation where, he demands like a sign and trade at bare minimum. Like I'm not going to sign this with you. If you want something in return, you send me to the team that I want to go to, which I'm not going to say any names of other teams in New York to have his best friend from college on there. 
But those are things. Leon that Rose, get on the phone, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't, don't you know, don't tamper, but you know, talk to your son, have him call some people up, yeah. see, yeah. <laughs> see what's going on. For sure, for sure. But um, what do you, what are your thoughts on the Pelicans and the rest of the season? Honestly, when I look at it, I think they're gonna try to move Ingram before his design thing even starts but, to. But if you're if you're a Pelicans fan, do you want? Do you want uh, Griffin making a Brandon Ingram trade? Oh, but do you have a choice, though? That's the thing, though. Do you have a choice? Yes, you can fire Blake or Brian Griffin. Are they, though? They had Dale Dempster for, like, 15 years, making yeah, all the dumb moves. But you have fucking Zion Williamson, and if he's not happy, you got to do everything. You cannot, after losing Anthony Davis, you cannot leave any stone unturned and keeping – Zion potentially the next face of the league for the next decade plus. Like you, you gotta try everything you can. I but I think they try something major before you know they 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 do anything. I think David Griffin is gonna try to save his job either or and and I don't know. I've been hearing Ben Simmons Ingram swaps. I I don't know. If, I think it makes the Pelicans a, better on defense, but I don't but know. I, I don't like that fit for Philly. Why not? I mean, uh. It's a really, it's Ingram a really, could two. I mean, uh, I wouldn't want Ingram as my two, especially then. I mean, it's what like Maxi or Curry sits, probably Curry sits, right? If yeah. you're having that dynamic, yeah. But like, and then you have Ingram, um, who's their three, Thibel, um, Tobias, and Embiid. Like, that's a big ass lineup in smaller teams. Or like if the Knicks go small with Randall at the center, are gonna be able to run up and down the court on those guys. And I just I don't think like talent wise that that trade doesn't make sense. I just think fit wise for what the Sixers need, it it just isn't there. Maybe they do it because it's the best trade they can get available, and they think they can flip Ingram for or package Ingram in a three way trade and get. Than some guy who becomes you know available, but I just I don't like that fit for Philadelphia. No, no, I, I actually like Philadelphia as currently constructed, and I think with or without Ben Simmons, they're going to be a top four seed in the East. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, and you know, I think the Pelicans and and, and they're probably going to move. You know, they had the whole situation where tickets. You know, I was looking up their tickets. Hell, man, I think cheapest ticket to get in the door is like ten dollars after fees mm-hmm. and, and taxes. I mean, they're they're. My very- brother sent me pictures because he went down to New Orleans and checked out a game. I have to find them on my phone, bro. This year? They're, no, this was like two years ago. No. Like it, it was the year AD got traded and he was sitting, and the stadium was just. Like the it looked like a practice, it was insane. No, 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 it's 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 poverty over there, and it's it's pretty bad over there. And you know, for all the luck they've gotten in the draft and shit, to still there's no excuses. Look what look what Atlanta built around Trey, look what like Giannis and Milwaukee were able to do. That it's not just on one player, you know. 
and the Lonzo Ball stuff is the most weirdest thing. How, like, why, how you let a talent? It looks like he, it looks like he's an all-star talent right now. And how yeah, do you I just let any that go? team in the league would trade for that contract right now? Right, and I don't understand. Like, what's the thought process? You know, not Zion, to mention Ingram and Zion. Like you were just about to say both wanted him. Exactly. So I'm so I'm confused at what's going yeah. on over there. It's because the owner owns the Saints, who are over the cap, and they don't want to spend over the cap spend any money on this basketball team and sell it then sell it then sell it because pure basketball fans like like me and you you know pure basketball fans me and you like like it's it's disrespectful man not even to the fans trust me as a pirates fan like i say this to myself every year sell the fucking team but you gotta understand that to them they just see these things as atms man they can the way the nba specifically divides revenue like it's all about TV contracts. Attendance don't mean shit, exactly. especially for a team like New Orleans. Like their attendance was never good, and even if it was, it wouldn't like move the needle on what they were willing to spend. And, and you know it's crazy. I was listening to a pod. I forgot what it was, and it was saying, you know, if you have money, the best the best ownership group to get into is the NBA. You you yeah. that is it's a- the ATM. It is going to suppress football in the next. 10 to 12 years. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that sentiment. So all, all, all the CTE, all the head injuries, all the worried parents. It's just the NBA. It's like a such a player's first safety precautionary league. Like the way they handled COVID was actually like outstanding. How well they handled the bubble situation that bubble season. And it's just an international game. You know, not only like do you have like European leagues, but then you have guys that are like, oh, my favorite player from my European team plays for the Mavericks now, Luka Doncic. I'm going to start following them. China loves the NBA and they get to stay up for all those late night games because the fucking time difference. Like yeah. China is actually, I think China and the NBA might be on beef right now. But before, you know, when they had the whole Yao Ming era. Yeah, and- that, that's, what it, that's what started the whole explosion. But even Jeremy Lin. Lynn Sandy, man. Oh, man, man, man. Yo, Lynn Sandy was such a magical time in my life. That's a ride, man. Yeah. yeah. It, it just felt special. And sure. yeah, that's that, that's some nostalgia. For sure, for sure. Uh, you know, let's switch it up. Uh, another team that's been struggling. I mean, no surprise. Um, you know, the Houston Rockets coming off, you know, their second rebuilding year off of the Harden trade. Um, you know, no no surprise that the backcourt of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. is not defending anybody. Um, shout out to Christian Wood, one of my favorite NBA players. Love him. But, you know, he's he's in an island by himself and his numbers are pretty much empty stats at this point. You know, shout out to him. Uh you know, they have some good pieces. Jay Sean Tate, uh, we spoke Green. about, yeah, and we spoke about Singoon, uh, last pod, how he's having, you know, a pretty good rookie campaign. But, um, you know, what is your thoughts? You know, they're playing some awful basketball out there. I think their coach, Steven Stylus, is pretty much, I think he gets the boot pretty soon here. I don't think they, they, they let him see like the progression of the squad. Uh, what are your thoughts on Houston and I guess their season? Again, that's another team I think is done. <laughs> they have, it's 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 just the conference they're in. It's it's too good of a conference, and it's too far back, too early. There's not enough. There's not you're not better than enough teams to pass enough teams to get into contention. 
I like a lot of their moves and like I like a lot of their young guys. Like I told you, I am a big Sangoon fan. I like I like Kevin Porter Jr. for all his flaws. Like I mean, I like Jalen Green, obviously House is good. Kenyon Martin, they still have fucking what's his name? Eric Gordon, right? They still have him. Eric Gordon's still in the league. I think, he's on, I think he's still on the Rockets. Damn, I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen him play. I don't think he plays, bro. Uh, he's probably he winning. Might not. I might be, maybe, he might be. He might, I might be even looking at an old roster. I just Googled something real quick. But <laughs> the point is that it's just, it's, it's a young team, and it's going to be a process. I don't think they got as much as they should have out of the Harden trade, but I think given the circumstances, they also really didn't have much of a choice. So, I mean, I was impressed with their draft. I think anybody that was expecting them to contend for a play-in spot was definitely drinking some strong Kool-Aid. <laughs> but, I mean, they're on a good start, and they're on a good track. And as a fan, like, during those later years of Mellow, where you just knew his team wasn't going anywhere, and we were pulling in guys like – what was his name? Aaron Aflalo as like big name acquisitions going after like Greg Monroe and swinging and missing on him. It's like, I'd much rather just see what they did and like get rid of Mello and like rebuild, restart. Like I appreciate Mello. I love Mello and I was sad to see him go. But at the same time, like he didn't fit the timeline of that team because we gutted the roster to get him, And then we gutted the roster more to try to bring in Gallinari and fucking people like it just it didn't work out it's unfortunate but somehow we ended up with Mitchell Robinson out of it and that's been that's uh, it's been a treat uh, and I think you know one story surrounding this team is the John Wall thing you know they had informed John Wall like right after we finished recording the last pod uh they pretty much told him like hey you're not playing this year at all Maybe, I didn't anymore. hear that Oh, it didn't? Yeah, they they pretty much told him it was a big it was a big story. Shams wrote it. Uh, Woj had wrote about it. Oh, they pretty damn. much told him like you're not suiting up at all. You pretty much forget about the season. I don't think he'll have any trade suitors for him. So he's pretty I much get, maybe. That's a lot of bread. That's a lot of money. I look. So was Kemba. Three years, 40, 45 million each. Around what was 40. Kemba? What was Kemba's deal? This was like three years, 80 million total or something, four years, 80 million. I think if there was a buyout option, they would have spoke about it already. I think Tim. I mean, you didn't hear it about Kemba immediately either, though. I mean, you heard rumors pretty quickly, like he's not going to be there. But it was that they were looking for a trade. And then once they found out that no one was trading for that contract, then they were like, all right, we'd rather develop our young guys than have you rot on the bench. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I, I don't know, man. I just, it's just sad, you know. You know, I think John it, Wall's. It's sad, is... but like John Wall's, like, in in a way, like the organization almost owes that to John Wall. Like, you're gonna owe him the money regardless whether you, whether you keep him on the roster or not. If you're not gonna play him, you deserve to let him go out there and have the opportunity to play ball. Like. Don't just hold him captive if you don't want if you're the ones that don't want to play him. I could see if it's like a Ben Simmons situation and he's demanding out, but to be the guy that's like, you traded what Russell Westbrook for me and you, you don't want to play me and you don't think I have it anymore. I'm not even supposed to dress making all this money. Like, a dope. 
I'm cool sitting on the bench collecting checks. <laughs> but at the same time, I if I'm John Wall, I think I still have something to prove. And I think he has enough money that he would take a discount on a buyout and hope to sign with a team that could use him, kind of similar to Kemba. So I'm looking at his contract right now. So he has two more years left, so not as bad as I thought it was. So he has two years. How much um, per year? Next year, he's owed $44 million, and the following year, he's owed 47 So it's about – So wait, is that, is that including this year as one of those years? No, no, I'm talking about the next two years. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so he's uh, – Yeah, so he's owed, you know, almost $100 million about, in two years. So it's a lot of money. But – How much does he give back? I mean, if it's $100 million, how much do you give back? I don't know. How much would Kemba give back? All but $8 million a year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, he took a hometown discount, but you don't think John? Can you imagine John Wall going to a team like I don't even know where he'd be could fit at right now? I'd like exactly, him. I don't know what stage is he at in his career. I haven't seen a lot of him to be like, okay, if you throw him, say, like for example, you throw him next year in the Clippers situation, right? They get back Kawhi. They have Paul George coming off an MVP season. They got Bledsoe. Yeah, that's a good know, fit. Yeah, like, how much does he have left? If he, is he in his Kemba stage of his career? Is he is he still an all-star? Is he, in a, is he still all-star form? Like, I, like, you know, I don't know what stage he's in his career, and I think that's one of the challenges if you're do trading you think, for him, you know? Do you think – I know – Boston doesn't have a ton of assets anymore, Boston. but if Boston were able to swing a deal for him, do you think him and Schroeder would be kind of like a, a front court good enough to elevate the Celtics? It's definitely going to make me watch. I'm definitely going to watch and yeah. see how that hands. Uh, I mean, but. But you pretty much have to include Horford just to make the money match on that. And I don't think they do that. Horford has just been spectacular for them. I think he's one of the few bright spots for them this season. He yeah. looks like he's never left. I mean, yes, he knows that great. team. He knows that system. Like <laughs> the Taj effect. You know, he's almost like a like a better version of Taj. You know, he's able to yeah. move his feet. Like he's yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The fit in Philadelphia never made sense to me. Never did. You know, I had guys really arguing that uh, it was going to fit just because he was able to shoot the three really effectively. There was, there was that, and there was like, oh, and it'll give them the ability to rest and beat and keep him healthy. And, like, how did that work out in the playoffs? Was yeah. he right healthy? Exactly. Uh, exactly. So. I, we'll definitely see how that works. Uh, you know, shout out to the Rockets uh, continuing to rebuild. If you're a Rockets fan, you know, you, you got to you. hold tight. You got to hold tight. And yeah, and you had Harden for damn near a decade going crazy. So I mean, it is what it is, right? And and you know, Chris Paul, were, you had Mello, you had Dwight Howard, you had, you had the, what's his name? Sam. No, not Sam Presti. Who was uh at the Sixers now? Uh Daryl Moore. Daryl Moore, making Darryl. fucking every possible move a fan would want your team to make for like damn near like five, six years there. Like exactly. It's time for a rebuild, and they're doing it the right way, I think. Definitely, definitely. Uh, 
you know, we'll definitely see. And, you know, uh, speaking of the trade they had with the Nets, uh, you know, Harden last night, you know, he was struggling. I had texted you. It was a little bit of an overreaction. Sometimes you bring me back to earth in the DMs, you know, calm down. It's just, you know, calm down, Hamza, you know, you, you'll be all right. But, man, Harden looked terrible. I mean, he, you know, he put up 24 points. But physically, I've been watching Nets games recently, man. And he don't look like he in shape at all, at all. I mean, he looks worse than um yesterday, uh, last year when he yeah. with Houston. You know, he was out of shape. He looks even worse than that. So, hopefully, he if they want any chance at the title run, they they need uh Harden back into shape. And you know, Stephen A. Smith, he said uh, this one thing. You know. You better be ready to box up Kyrie because Kyrie, you know, you trusted Kyrie. Kyrie was one of your best friends in the league. You came to Brooklyn, and now look, you're you're on an island by yourself, basically. I mean, the guys on that roster have like they they're very limited on that team. You know, I think it's not only did you bring in Kyrie and KD, but you traded away your depth for Harden. So it's like we don't even have the option to make another move. And in exactly. hindsight, yeah, it's yeah. great. We have two Hall of Fame players, and maybe that's enough on its own, even without Kyrie to win a championship. Like, it really could be. But to have to – to be Kevin Durant, and that that video of um, Steph Curry getting MVP chance at the foul line, yeah, yeah, and, uh, in Barclays, yeah, 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 Barclays. That has to be that you know that got to KD's petty ass. Like you know he was fucking sick about that. And if you're KD, you're looking around in the locker room. You got Blake Griffin who's about to retire. You got Lamarcus Aldridge who looked like he was about to die time. last year. Yeah, I, like, I, it's like ethically questionable whether he should even be playing. <laughs> like I don't understand what's going on with the Nets, bro. And then Patty Bill, shout out to Patty Mills. He's a good role player, he's but he's good. not taking you over the edge. You know, he's Who's just gonna that? be there. Uh, Saxton or whatever the big name, Claxton. Claxton. He's been. He's, a, he's not even he's a factor. Good, he's, but they assigned him to the G League. Did they? Yes. Yo, no, I he, had he had a pretty good. pretty good season last not, year. I thought. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I, I saw. I saw this quote old. today um, about Jason Kidd talking to Kyrie. I can't remember what podcast it was on. I listened to like ten today, but um, he was like, "Yeah, I still talk to Kyrie every day." We don't talk about basketball. <laughs> so and it's like, what are you talking about? And like, I get it. Like they said on the podcast, it's like, again, I can't remember which one it was. They were like, you can't just come out and say, like, yeah, I've been begging Kyrie to come back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You can't sound like doing anything that's going like, to disrespect him or anything. But, like, if all you're trying to do is, like, keep close ties and hope he changes his mind or, like, the legislation changes, and I, I I don't know what you do. He's threatening to retire if you trade him. Like, <laughs> Yo, that's a it's, shitty it's situation. gonna be it's gonna be a thirty for thirty about how the Knicks dodged that fucking bullet in the Nets side. Kyrie's crazy ass, and he went full Kanye and blew that whole shit up. Crazy, crazy. I cannot wait Respect to tell my to Kanye. Kid. I can't but, wait to tell my kids about this twenty years from now. I can't uh, wait, man. <laughs> there'll, there'll, there'll be a doc. I'm telling you, we can show. Yeah, uh, you we'll know, play them back these pods. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, 
No, let's, let's switch things back over to the West. Uh, you know, Paul George, you know, shout out to Paul George and the Clippers. Paul George putting up another MVP season. As uh, is Curry. I, as he, yeah, as is Curry. And I, think and I two favorites. And, and I said it last um, last season on the pod. I think Paul George is better as a first option. The best version um, that you'll get to see is him taking majority of the shots, having the ball in his hands. And the ball doesn't really stick in his hands. So I think that's the real appeal, Paul George, um, mm-hmm. him being a lights out shooter. And I think the surrounding pieces, you know, you know, Reggie, shout out to Reggie Jackson. You know, Reggie Jackson has been, you know, pulling his weight over there. Yeah, um, someone used to be talking shit about my boy Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Now he's putting some respect on his name. All right, all right. I, I, I said, you know, if he's help, if he helps the Clippers, you know, I'm gonna give it to him. I need to see. Yeah, that's all I want. That's all I want. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, they got that going on. You know, Eric Bledsoe defensively has been there for them. Uh, yeah. Clippers. You know, offensively, you know, he's always gonna be up and down. He's never been a great offensive player. Yeah, but you know, defensively, he's been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zubak, you know, he's gonna be there. Nice piece, nice piece. You know, they've got yeah, they just got back Ibaka. It seems like Ibaka hasn't played, and Morris is still there, right? Yeah, and Morris is still putting up, you know, 20 points a night. You know, they're, they're getting it's a team thing, you know, it's almost what we had, and it's almost like the old Clippers team, you know, before the Kawhi and Paul George. You know, you remember when they had that squad of Lob City, basically. No, no, after Lobster. Oh, with like Shea and Shea. Yeah, it's almost that type of energy, that togetherness. Uh, yeah, but the biggest difference is they have a superstar in Paul George. Exactly, exactly. And they have a guy who could close games. And and, and shout out to Ty Lu. You know, we said it last uh, season on the pod. You know, Ty Lu is one of the best coaches. I've and- never been more wrong on a coach in my life than I was on Ty Lu. I thought he was just riding the bronze fucking coattails. And what he's done – ever since leaving Cleveland has been nothing short of incredible. I, I think he's one of the best tacticians there is. I think there's only a few game adjustments, halftime adjustments, especially series adjustments. It's unreal. Exactly. I think there's, there's only a handful of coaches in the league today that can outcoach him in a playoff series. Yeah. I think I think he's a very incredible. He has those guys playing together. You know, he has the bench unit. Shout out to Luke. Shout out to you know. The, the, shout out to all those guys. You know, I think together. I, I don't it's know if team. They, yeah, it's a deep team too, and I don't know if they keep up this uh, success throughout the longevity of the season. You know, you know. Yeah, the, there you go. Stack. You know. Yeah. And then one injury happens or something, you never know. Exactly. So, you know, the question I have to you is, you know, what's the ceiling on this team? You know, they got Paul George. Paul George and Steph Curry pretty much leading the MVP conversation. But as far as the Clippers team, what's their ceiling? And do you see Kawhi coming back if they keep up, if they keep this up? I don't see Kawhi coming back unless it's potentially – in the second round of the playoffs. I doubt that. I doubt he comes back at all. But I do think that this team can make it to the semifinals in the Western Conference. I think Paul George is that good of a player. And Ty Lue is that good of a coach. And that team's that deep of a team. You saw that even after Kawhi went down, they were still winning games in the playoffs last year. And I think that, if anything, now they're going to have a whole season of, like, playing without Kawhi and being more used to it. That was sprung on them. It was a surprise. They weren't preparing plays for that, for Paul George to be the first option. So, I mean, I don't know. The West is tough. It's really, really tough. But 
I don't know where you have Paul George on like your list of like top players, but he's in my top ten. And I I legitimately think like he's probably one of the best two A players in the league right now. No, not for sure. Do I have him in my top ten? I would it's have tough. to break. It's tough. It's tough. Um, he's definitely fighting for a spot in the top ten. I would yeah. say that. I think two way. I think the way definitely like, if you go two way. Definitely. I think there's only a few guys that are really it's better. Like him than and that. Kawhi, which is crazy. And, and, and maybe in a lesser aspect, Jimmy, because he doesn't have the jumper yeah. like those yeah. guys. But you know, but yeah, Paul George is on another level. Straight mm-hmm. forty point nine. You know, straight taking over quarters. Uh, you know, the handle is still crispy as ever. I think he has one of the, he has the Terry, the scary Terry package. Uh, and, 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 a, and a guy's body three times the size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nuts. he's a tank. And, and can you remember? Think, good. Can you remember like almost a year ago, people were talking about like, what's wrong with this? He was getting the Ben Simmons Playoff treatment. Uh, yeah, man, he was getting the, he was getting the Ben Simmons treatment, man. They were like, oh, Kawhi messed up Breskin for Paul George. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we'll see. It's, we'll see. That's what I mean about the NBA. Crowds are such prisoners in the moment, and they're just so willing to, oh, look at this headline on ESPN. Like, this is this is everything and anything, and nothing's going to change. And then one game later, Kemba goes, like, six for eight to start a game, and everybody's like, oh, well, Kemba's great. I'm so happy. He's our point guard. It's like, oh, where was that energy, like, three days ago? Yeah, it's definitely an up-and-down thing, you know. And What um, do you think? What do you think is their ceiling, though? I think they're a playing team. They probably, uh, they probably, you know, fight for a playoff spot. I don't see them getting a top see- six seed, and I, I and I don't see them being a semi conference title. I don't, I don't see that. Yeah, that's I, fair. I, I don't. Um, but- I, I could see them actually having a very similar season to like Golden State did last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making a playing team and like playing a team really close, just losing, maybe winning, losing the first round. I just think their ceiling. It would be the second round. I don't think they can get past that with the current group they have. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Last year's Warriors is pretty much mm-hmm. where I see them too. Pretty much. Um, yeah. I think you know Staples Center. It looks like they're going to change the name to Crypto.com Arena. Because apparently, know. what I didn't know was the Lakers don't own Staples Center. So it's like a venue thing, or like what's it's going a venue on? thing, and basically they offered them. I think it's like the biggest endorsement name contract in like world history to change the name and the lakers aren't gonna see a penny of it which makes me so fucking happy because it's pissing off all their fans and like rightfully so but it i'm just so happy that they aren't everybody on twitter was like oh the lakers if the lakers would have done this already they could have kept alex caruso i was like that's that's not how salary caps <laughs> and like things work and that money just doesn't go into their wallet to use blindly but but the, you know it's crazy you know paul george comments were you know there's so much uh history in staples center you know the whole kobe the whole you know shag the, the three-peat you know kobe getting his two rings without shag and you know the the uh, showtime oh, uh, before they moved from Inglewood. You know before mm-hmm. they moved into there. So there's a lot of history, and then you know the Clippers won't be there anytime. They won't be there like within two years. I think uh, yeah. Steve Ballmer is opening up a whole brand new nice arena. I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but it looks yeah, no, it looks wild. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. But, I mean, even the Penguins, they went through something like that recently. They tore down. Um, 
the igloo back in the day. Then they built console energy center. And then just like three years ago, their contract with them ran out. And now we're PPG paints arena, <laughs> which I, I don't really care, but it's just like, really we're named after a fucking paint company. At least you're not at the least smoothie com- center. At least you're not the smoothie center or little Caesars or Reno. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. I can't complain too much. I imagine your Heinz Field's all right. I'm cool with that. Yeah, man. I mean, Wells Fargo. I mean, I mean, there's a few weird ones. You know, the smoothie. Yeah. King, you know, I actually like Wells Fargo as a name. It's just like, yeah, we got bank. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, Madison Square Garden. That, that's, yeah. that's pretty. I don't yeah, think that, Dolan owns that either. I think he does. Care. He does. Yeah, yeah, because he runs other concert and stuff too. There was talking about. Or I think there was talk about him selling off the sporting side and keeping the like music per, like event side of it, but that never ended up like going through. And I'm pretty sure he owns the building, the cable rights, and yeah, everything about MSG. Yeah, he's filthy rich. Wow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no wonder he doesn't have a problem spending money for us. No wonder. Yeah, but let's just make it smart money. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much all the topics today. So uh, before we go, because I'm officially gonna start my tally, what are your predictions for today's game? Oh, as long as the three point defense stands up, we should hold this team out. I mean, last game. I, I know that that left a bad taste in their mouth. I mean, the way we broke down in that fourth quarter, I mean, I, right there in front of me, they just Ugly. broke down right there in front oh, of me. Yeah. It was, I mean, the fans, the fans' reaction was just depressing. I mean, everybody oh. was just pissed. Uh, they had, how could Terrence, you blame them? Yeah. yeah. They had Terrence Ross coming off a pin down. Like, it was, it, it was bad. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, I think. You know, if they like I said uh, before we started recording, um, if they're able to stop the penetration of Cole, uh, Snugs, and um, what's the last guard and RJ Hampton, I think that opens up a lot of offense for them. So if they're able to contain the guards, I think they should be fine because uh, I'm not really worried about Franz uh, Wagner beating us. I'm not really worried about um, Wendell Carter beating us. Uh, Mo Bamba, it, you know, it's all it's all in the guards. If if they were able to defend the guards, we should be fine. Um, mm. Is Noel Mitch playing? I mean, it was, what's the situation? I honestly didn't even look into it. I meant to before this. Yeah. I, I, I know Noel is not playing, but um, we'll see sure, if Mitch plays. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I bet they play him pretty precautionary and sit him again, too. But, um, yeah, I mean. We'll, but, we'll, okay, we'll, so you picking the Knicks? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm picking the Knicks. Tiebreaker. Just in case, because I mean they're both the Knicks. Um, how much do you think the Knicks win by? I'm gonna say we beat them by ten points. Ten points. We, we run away with it. In that the- is the Vegas spread. You are on the money. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm going to prices right you and go plus eleven. <laughs> and they'll probably they'll probably be by nine, and you'll and you'll win. But hey. So I'm trying to find out is Noel is not playing. So Ian Bagley confirmed Noel is not playing. Um, no word on Mitch. No word on Mitch. Uh, yeah, no word on Mitch. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, make sure 
that guess we'll end the pod here. Make sure to check me out on Twitter. Make sure to check out my boy Nolan on Twitter. Make sure to check out the Corner 3 pod. Uh, make sure to check out our websites where we have the podcast and the ep- and uh, some articles there, too. We'll, we'll be writing I articles. I will be probably. writing a Kemba piece, a very aggressive Kemba piece coming, <laughs> coming your way soon. As to address everybody, to relax on the Kemba hate, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. We will be fine. My yeah. article is going to be anything but relaxed, but, but yeah, y'all should relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe some guests, maybe we'll appear on some stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll see what goes on. But uh, yeah, man, thanks, Nola, for coming on. Oh, yeah, buddy. Thanks for seeing you. Talk to you soon.